This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my figuring out her mic situation, Brie Tucker. <laughs> hello, hello, but how are you? I was all like, hey. if you watch the YouTube video, it's super cute. She's moving around on her tongue like this. <laughs> You're thinking. That's thinking funny. hard. Camden used to have that face too when she was thinking. And she was so cute. I was so like, cute oh. when they're little, but as an adult, it's just your gross tongue you hanging out. You can still be cute as an adult. I think, <laughs> I think I only get cuter with age, really. That's what I tell myself. Anyways. I get more wrinkles with age. No, we only get cuter with age. Now I'm making faces. You really, gotta, you really got to join us on YouTube if you're not because <laughs> the joys of the extra visuals is so much fun. No, it's fun. And there's there's a lot of stuff going on. We're uh we're gearing up for our big event this year. The Happy Mom Summit is coming so soon. So excited. Oh my gosh, this is our second time doing the Happy Mom Summit. It seems like the last one was only just a few months away. I know. I know. It feels like it just happened. How does it how is it possible that years just zip by as they you get older? By. I know they do. They zip by because it's always like this is what I was told that you compare it to the life you've lived already. And so when you're little, you really haven't lived much of life. So time just stretches in front of you. But when you're older, you've lived a lot. So you have a lot to compare to. And then time just gets shorter. I've heard, yeah, I've heard a similar thing. I think what I had heard was that it has to do with memory. So like, memory. Yeah, like how, ma- how many memories you have memory. that makes it longer. I know. Memories like the corner There we go. <laughs> Shiny object squirrel girls right over here. It's like we can break uh, out into song anytime. I know, right? You never know. But mm-hmm. yeah, so it's like, it, it just amazes me how quickly it felt like 2002, 2002, 2022 just started and now it's already gone and we're in 2023 and the whole year is starting all over again. Like there's just, there's just all new things, but 
I'm so excited for the stuff that we have coming up. 2023 is going to be an amazing year, people. We are going to rock it. It is going to be such an amazing year. And uh, well, one of our episodes that we're starting it off with is this fabulous conversation with Kelly Smith. She is a globally celebrated yoga and meditation teacher and the founder of Yoga For You and host of the iTunes chart-topping podcast, Mindful In Minutes and Meditation Mama. Kelly believes that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to yoga and meditation and encourages her students to find their own personal practice listen to their bodies and find inner joy by accessing their most authentic selves and owning their power. And really keep your ear out in this episode because we talk about how it is okay to not like being a mom and like being a mom at the exact same time. And I think that's a message we need to hear more of. It is. So we hope you enjoy our conversation with Kelly. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Welcome, Kelly, to the No Guilt Mom podcast. We are so excited to have you because you are all about calm and relaxation and how to really achieve that calm state. So welcome on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to chatting about relaxation and rage and being a mom and all the things. Mom and rage. So real. It's so real. Two two sides of the same thing. Like they exist (laughs) together rage and relaxation the, the two hours of motherhood it's the yin and the yang <laughs> yin and the yang i was listening to your story on your own podcast about how you got started in meditation and yoga and it all started when you were pretty young with your mom can you tell us a little bit about that yeah so i started practicing yoga when i was a teenager first as cross training for my sports i was an athlete through college. And I started where a lot of people start, which is I wanted the quote, good stretch. I was there to, you know, get bendy. And then when it was Shavasana time, I'd roll up my mat and walk out the door and wait for my mom to pick me up. But then when I was 16, my mom was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. But the story has a happy ending because she's in remission now and is now the greatest Grammy ever. But at that time, I was 16. I was her primary caregiver. And I really had to dive into some of the softer sides of yoga. And that included meditation, that included restorative yoga, you know, visualization, really slowing everything down and focusing more on what was happening like internally as opposed to externally. And then using the tools that I had from my yoga toolbox to then um, just kind of navigate such a wild and, you know, challenging and emotional time. And I think it's so funny how you said you walk out at Shavasana because that is my favorite, favorite part. Like, give me all the Shavasana of just laying there and doing things. Like, basically, I was definitely a Shavasana. This is like my deepest, darkest yoga secret. I was oh, okay. a Shavasana skipper, but I'm reformed. <laughs> but now... <laughs> If I were to go back and tell like 15 year old Kelly, who would be like, oh, my sweat and stretch is over. I'm I'm out of here and be like, Kelly, one day you'll have a career and all you'll do is like lead people through 60 minute Shavasanas and teach them how to meditate. I would have been like, get out of here. That is not a real thing. Um, so, you know, it's 
But it's we a all real have room thing. For <laughs> yeah, it's yep. a real thing. And that's what I do now. <laughs> it's so interesting to me because I do yoga on an app and they're always like a minute for Shavasana. And then they're like, if you want to stay in longer, you can. But then they go on and talking and I'm like, why do they do this? Like, this is the best part for relaxation and everything. And so you now do this all the time. It's funny because we have this class at the gym I call napping yoga. Would you say it's kind of like napping yoga or would you say it's something different? So yoga nidra does translate to yogic sleep, but I want to hear about this napping yoga. Tell me about the class that you're, give me more content. Tell me about it. It could have been restorative. It was long stretches. It was like three minutes in a hold Mm -hmm. and like you're supported by blocks and you use straps and restorative yoga. That's what I go to now on Fridays. I love it. It's a really great way to unwind the end of the week. (laughs) A hundred percent. I love restorative yoga. It's something that I love and I teach people how to teach it, but that gives me good context to nap (laughs) yoga. So, and it sounds lovely. Um, Yoga Nidra, it does translate into yogic sleep, but what it's going to feel like is, and the reason we do that, we call it yogic sleep is because we're actually trying to put the body to sleep so we can keep the consciousness awake so that we can do some work on some of the non-physical layers. So it will feel like a long guided meditation. You'll get into like the most comfortable Shavasana ever. You'll get bolsters, you'll get blankets. It'll feel like a little yoga sleepover. And then you'll just listen to the voice of a guide who's going to lead you through different exercises. Like you'll do some more detailed, like body scans, you'll do some breath, you'll do some visualization. And one piece that's really kind of sets yoga nidra apart is the use of an intention. We call it a sankalpa. And the idea is that you're journeying through the different layers of your being and hopefully coming face to face with the true self, which is where you're going to plant that positive seed of intention. So not only are you deeply relaxing the body, but you're also trying to connect to, and you can insert whatever word you personally listener like to call it soul, true self, higher self, divine within, whatever you like to call it. We're trying to connect with that space to get to know it better and to plant a positive seed of intention for anything. It could be self-love. It could be gratitude. It could be confidence. It could be forgiveness, whatever seed you want to plant there. Um, we're planting that seed during our practice of yoga nidra, but it'll just feel like a long guided meditation. Okay. I need yoga nidra right there. Like yeah. That sounds like, <laughs> so I, I like my restorative, but that one sounds even better. <laughs> what I hear is that it's tend to taking positive mindset work and combining it with a meditation work. Would that be kind of a good description of yoga nidra and getting to that intention? Because when you say the word getting to the intention and inner self, that's where my brain goes a little cloudy. And I'm like, how, what is my intention and inner self and how, how does that change or help me? Yeah, that's such a great question. So usually starting with intention, usually the teacher will set an intention for you. So it's usually some kind of like a positive phrase. They've already decided on whatever the theme of that class is going to be. So either of you, either Brie or Joanne, is there anything not that this is like a therapy session, but like, is there anything that like any topic that you're really working with right now, whether it be like forgiveness or self-love or acceptance, like what are we working with right now? I'll give you an example. I think it could be any of those. <laughs> um, acceptance, <laughs> acceptance of someone else's unreasonable emotional reaction. <laughs> okay. She knows exactly okay. what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey all, it is Joanne. And Brie here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. All right, say no more. So, <laughs> in that instance, let's say that, like, if you guys were coming to me and we were doing a yoga nidra practice, and and you know, maybe you were my clients, or as a general class, or working around, you know, acceptance and accepting that we really, you know, we can't make anyone do or not do Mm -hmm. anything. Like all we can really control is ourselves. So you may have an intention in a yoga nidra practice where maybe you would tell yourself three times, I accept what I am responsible for and I release what I am not responsible for. Something like that. So it's going to be like this phrase that you're going to say at the beginning of the practice. And then at the end, and the teacher's already crafted that statement for you because it's really hard to come up with your own when you're like really, really, really deep in that relaxation. And then in terms of like the true self, so think of it as kind of those like Russian nesting dolls. Did you ever have those like as a kid? You have like you open one and then another one. They're so fun. Um, The idea is that we're kind of like that. We have these different layers. And what we're trying to do is like open up each one, trying to come to like the one original that doesn't open in the center. That's the true self. And we're trying to speak to her and set that intention with the true self that's like in there, whatever it is that your teacher or if you're working individually that like you have decided upon. It seems like that would be fantastic for dealing with the, the, the stresses of being a mom, like the, 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 the things that can cause us just to be so upset, move into that rage area, right? Because there's so many things that drive us insane that we have no control over, none whatsoever. Yes. yes. <laughs> have you used this practice as a mom? Like when your kids are totally driving you insane or if yeah, there's... How old are your kids again? I have one two-year-old. Oh, goodness. You have a two-year-old? So you're in the thick of it. And I had one of those lovely pandemic pregnancies, which oh, what what a time to be pregnant. Um, but yeah, I just call them pork chop, at least like, you know, 
it's not his birth name, but on the podcast, he's just pork chop. And, um, yeah, he's going to be two actually tomorrow. So oh my gosh, yes, I definitely, I use yoga nidra absolutely. when I'm a mother for a few different reasons. One, I like that I can kind of, you know, pick an intention for anything that I'm working on. And I thought it was so interesting, like what you two were talking about, how you can have these two opposing things within you. Mm -hmm. Like if I could describe like how motherhood had changed me the most, or one way it changed me, just my capacity to hold two opposing things within like one body at the same time has increased so much. Like how can I be so happy, but also sad about this? Like even my son's birthday, it's so special and it's so beautiful. And I'm so grateful. And we're celebrating another year of his life, but also like he's a kid now and it's hard. And thinking about when he was a baby, like it's these two opposing yeah. feelings around like one thing and this little vessel, this mom body has to like hold these opposing things. So mm -hmm. I think it's really nice and has been beneficial as a mother to one, be able to kind of navigate those opposing things and being able to work on whatever it is I need to work on. But also I love that it is, it's a longer practice. It's going to take around 30 to 60 minutes and it's so restful and it's so introverting and it's so soothing of the senses, which I can't speak for either of you, but I highly suspect that you know what I'm talking about, that <laughs> it's very easy to get overstimulated, like even mm -hmm. getting like touched out oh, yeah. or, you know, I, I get a little snippy when it's like all of my senses are on overdrive and the house is always loud. And every yeah. sense is on like hyperdrive and to practice yoga nidra and to turn inward so deeply and for so long helps to just soothe all of those senses for me, which I never realized I needed so much until I was a parent. I never realized what a luxury like quiet was until I was a mother. Oh, no, right. It or is like, like just not being touched. Mm -hmm. Your sensory yeah. system definitely goes into overdrive as a parent. Yes. And, and something, yeah, hard. something you said too, about holding those two things, those two opposites there, because I feel so many moms really give themselves grief if they ever feel upset about oh, their I children know. being there or their children touching them. And they try to tell themselves, oh, I should be grateful that they're here. I should treasure every moment. But where you're saying like just holding those two things, yes, you are grateful, but yes, you also need this time to unwind and let your sensory system like get back to its very calm, unstimulated state. Well, I mean, and I think it also something that you said that's really important. And I think that Kelly was talking about as well. Just we're allowed to have those feelings. It is okay. And that's, and, and I was telling you this earlier in the week, we were talking about the whole, like, you know, oh, I should be grateful thing. And I'm like, I don't know that whole, like November when everybody does all those social media posts of like my 30 days of gratitude. And sometimes I feel like it is just made to make you feel like crap. I like, right. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah. Because like, I, I mean, on one hand, I get, I get the gratitude. I really do. We need to be thankful. We need to be positive. Like we need to get out of the, the, the downer mindset of that things are, are just not working my way and it's just everything's falling apart. But at the same time, when everybody keeps saying to you or you keep seeing people be like, oh, I'm so grateful that my my kids are healthy. I'm so grateful that you know I have a roof over my head. It's, it almost feels like sometimes it's taken away the validity of, of your being allowed to be angry that you've got a leak in your roof. Mm -hmm. You being angry that your kids are fighting nonstop this week and you just, and nobody is helping out around the house. Like it kind of makes you feel like, okay, I'm being a schmuck for being upset about it. That's Sorry. Can you tell us a bit of no. a point, point, pain that point is there a pain for me? Point. That's <laughs> no, I'm interested it's, to hear what you have to say about it, Kelly. 
Oh, I have so much to say about it because I couldn't agree more in, in many different ways. I have several things to say about it. One, what you're describing, like the first thing that comes to my mind is pregnancy. And like when people talk, so like I had a really, really um, rough pregnancy with my son. And also it was, I found out I was pregnant March of 2020 and oh I didn't my have my first appointment to almost 16 weeks because they deemed pregnancy non-essential. It was a whole thing. Um, oh, and I remember there were moments, not all. And the moral of all of this is usually to like, two things can be true at the same time. And I remember having such opposing feelings because I was struggling so much, being so sick, being pregnant, but also so happy that I was finally going to be a mother. And I felt really guilty for having those moments being like, because you hear all the time, well, at least you can have children, which is true, right? This is true. And this mm-hmm. exists. And also the other thing that is true and that can exist is I was really, really sick. I was in bed for a lot of it, you know, it was COVID. I was worried about my business. My husband was a medical resident. Like I couldn't get a doctor's oh, appointment. Man. That was stressful. That's a lot of both stress. Both of these, yeah, and both of these things can exist at the same time, and they're both okay. It's mm-hmm. you can exist in this space where you absolutely can be so grateful for the fact that you are creating and giving life within your body, and you're pregnant, and it's not all rainbow sunshines and you know skipping through the flowers because, you know, there's, there's, you can also be like, I'm so tired of throwing up, which is all I've been doing for months or whatever it is. Both of these things can exist. And the fact that you are tired of throwing up or, you know, whatever it is, that doesn't mean that you love your child less or that you're less grateful for this other piece. And I think about it now, like with motherhood and these two opposing sensations, I can love my child. And I also can love running a business at the same time they don't make me worse at the other. It's not that, you know, because I'm also a mom that somehow makes me less than in my business role or because I am a businesswoman and I run a business or on a podcast that somehow makes me less than as a mother. These two things can exist at the same time. And I think it's important that we recognize kind of the duality of life and that we don't live in this, like, you know, it's either option A or it's option B. Life is complex. It's nuanced. And there's always so much more to it than what meets the eye. And I think we as mothers have to recognize that within ourselves and give give ourselves more space. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence Whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. No one told us the truth about parenthood. 
Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. If your kid came to you and said, mom, I'm, you know, I'm feeling happy that it's my last day of school because I completed third grade, but I'm feeling really sad because I'm going to miss my friends this summer. You wouldn't be like, Mm -hmm. well, at least be grateful you're getting an education because there's kids places that don't have access to education. Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't treat your children that way, but we're so hard on ourselves for having these complex emotional systems. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to not only honor that space, but to model that for our children that even mom can have these opposing things within her and that's okay. Yeah. It's interesting. You use that example about a kid with two opposing feelings. Cause I feel like growing up, that was exactly how the adults treated us when we had those two things. We were always told you should to be, be grateful, be grateful be happy. and look on the bright side. And we've since realized that that's not the best thing to tell people. It's really invalidating a lot of feelings there. Well, you can't, you also can't, can't exist that way, right? Like just, it, just being like, okay, I'm just going to stuff those feelings aside and pretend like I don't really have them. Yeah. No, yeah. you can't do Plus, that. Then so, what do you do when something bad happens? Right. You can't feel good about like what, when something tragic happens, if it's always, you know, look on the bright side, just, you know, shove it down deep. Like you aren't equipping people or our children to be able to navigate true hardship that comes with life. Right. That's exactly right. And so when you do yoga nidra and you take the time and you reset your nervous system, my first question is, do you have to go outside the house to do this or what boundaries do you set around yourself <laughs> that was to let you question. be in this state? That was my question too. I'm like, how yes. okay. So I like it's, you usually do it at night. So I'll give what I do and then I'll tell you what my students usually do. Cause it's a little bit different. So I personally do it at night. It's because you're just listening to the voice of a guide. It can be recorded. I have full yoga needed practices on my podcast and I can just like lay down in bed after pork chop has gone to sleep. And I've just, you know, let my husband know, you know, like door shut, you know, leave me alone. And, and then I'll just like hit play and I'll lay in bed and listen to it. I encourage my students, if they can, to leave the house and go to a place to take a yoga nidra practice, if it's available to them, because there's something I think so important to about leaving your space and stepping into a new space with the specific intention of having this practice and having this time carved out for you, because it's really easy for me to say, okay, well, I'm going to take this time, but I'm going to take like the minimum amount of time. I have this 30 minute practice. So I'm just going to do 30 minutes and be done. Versus if you're going to a class, like I do yoga nidra and I do, I play those big crystal singing bowls. So I'll do like a sound bath with it. 
It's yeah, it's really nice. And that's like 75 minutes, which we wouldn't usually carve out for ourselves. So I encourage people to go like take a class, go have that experience, have that time carved out, like set aside. If you can, it can really just like elevate the experience, but technically you don't need to do that. You just need to hit play and listen to the sounds of a guy. So that's my, what I would say as a teacher, but also my answer as just a human. That's fun. I would totally look Google Yoga Nidra after this. We all need it. And I love doing it and sharing it. So what Kelly are you looking forward to right now in your own life? A lot of things. Again, it, it comes back to that, like these two opposing things. I think I'm looking forward to the changes that I see on the horizon. So something ever since I became a mother, I've really been trying to honor the fact that like I'm doing less of what I don't want to do, particularly like in terms of like my business and the work that I do. I've kind of gotten a little more, you know what? That doesn't bring me joy. I don't even like doing that. So I'm going to stop doing it. Like I only have a finite amount of time and resources and, you know, energy to give. And that's led to some pivots and changes in my life that I'm feeling really good and really excited about of how things are just naturally changing as I'm stepping into this role as a mother. And I, I'm one of those anomalies that likes change. And so I'm, I'm I am too. I like the change. Yeah. And it's (laughs) an embracing, you know, the flows. And so, you know, I am a different person since I became a mother. I have different needs. I have, you know, different dreams and like allowing that space and making changes accordingly, I find to be really fulfilling and exciting. And I think like two years in, I'm starting to see some of those changes really come to life. And that's, that's exciting for me. Kids do change you for sure. And and I think in very good ways, making you more self-aware and like, at least talking from my own experience, I am definitely a different person than I was before kids. Well, I also think in a good way. Let's also just look at the fact that how many of us were fantastic parents before we were parents. We were like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I know exactly how it's all going to work out. My kid's never going to do this. I'm never going to do that. And then you find yourself years later going, Oh God, just throw it all out the window. It's, it's funny. I had it's no fine. expectations going into parenthood whatsoever, but I think I'm an anomaly. I'm I, just like, <laughs> let's see how this goes. I think, <laughs> I think it depends on a lot of things. Like, so, so with me, I'm going to say like, I obviously had a lot of images about what my parenting was going to be like, but I also like, I was an early childhood specialist. So my whole job was to help parents with their kids zero to five. So I thought I had that dialed in and I had an older sister who already had three kids by the time I had my first. So I was all like, oh, don't do that. That didn't work out so well for her. Do do this. That worked out so well. And then it just, it's, it's like, again, those two sides of the coin. Like you can't, the more you try to control it, the more that chaos is going to ensue. Exactly. I I think control breeds chaos, actually. I think it does. And just letting go with the flow and like accepting things as they are. And as you said at the beginning with that intention, what was the intention you gave me? I like accept what I am responsible for and release what I am not. Okay. I will need to be saying that I accept what I am responsible (laughs) for and release what I am not. Which again, I think is a fantastic mantra for every parent out there. Yes. Especially Mm -hmm. every mom, because again, we feel like we're responsible for everything and we just aren't. Exactly. Well, it's been wonderful talking with you, Kelly. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me and for just being the highlight of my day. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll talk to you later. So my intention, I'm saying it over and over and over again, because I think it's so hard to accept that you're not in control of other people's feelings. Oh, yeah. Well, especially I think for moms, it's hard for us to accept that 
we can't make everything perfect and we can't make everything better. And that's really what it comes down to. I Mm -hmm. think like talking about not being in charge of other people's emotions. Our kids come to us when they have an owie, a boo-boo, when they've had like a sad day, they want hugs, they want cuddles. So I think sometimes we, we kind of get in that whole, I can be magical. I can make everything better. But at the same time, when we can't make everything better, it's like, oh my gosh, who am I now? I can't make everything better. It's kind of true. It's kind of true. I also wonder though, if it's something that is ingrained in us by society that, oh, that didn't work. Well, you just have to try something else. You just have to try something else. You just have to try something else or try harder. Yeah. And with feelings and emotions and other people, it doesn't exactly work that way. Right. In fact, sometimes it works the opposite where if you keep trying, they'll just get more and more pissed off at you. Right. Right. The more, the more you try to fix it, it's almost like you're trying to have you ever had something delicate? Okay. An example right now in yeah. our house, we don't have any filtered drinking water in our house Okay, Why? because Miguel was trying to fix the faucet. And when he was doing it, he kept twisting it harder and harder and harder trying to get it to work. Oh no. And then it snapped. And, it snapped. and then he snapped and now he's got no water. Oh. <laughs> I have water. Still, my point is like, yeah, like, right. Like we try to fix it. We try to make it better. We keep fiddling with it. And then sometimes we end up breaking stuff. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard when you're dealing with other people and being able to accept that. Like it is something I still work on every single day that I am in charge of my own emotions, but I cannot just like figure out or I cannot change how other people feel. That goes for my kids. That goes for my relatives. That goes for my friends. Like I have no control in that area. And accepting that is very difficult. It is. And on top of it too, not taking it on. Not to, yeah. right? Like when someone's really sad or upset with you and like being like, okay, I'm not going to take on them being, especially your kids. Mm-hmm. And I think your family, well, actually, you know, everything you just said, everything. family, friends, like when someone is sad, when someone is hurt, when someone is upset, not taking on that burden. And it's hard, another hard one. because as you know, I have someone upset with me right now that I cannot do anything about. And I'm looking to see like, what can I do that yeah. will fix the problem? And I can't let go. And it's causing me so much stress and anxiety. And we need to get you to know yoga. Nidra. I need some yoga Nidra. I need yeah. to be able to let go of this since I have no control over it. Remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.